Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Great. I think we're live. Where's my whiskey? <laughs> right over there. So this podcast is sponsored by Little Q Ranch, right? Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah. Quail destination of champions. There you go. In Oxford, Mississippi. There we go. Which is an origin story. True. Absolute origins. So we're just uh, talking about why hunting's fun, right? Yeah, that's what we were doing. It's not the first time that that was discussed. It was something, honestly, that I had seen on the Blood Origins that you had done. And you asked... Uh, well, everyone thinks that hunting's fun because we kill shit. Well, partly I would agree with that, right? No. I don't? Mm-mm. You just explained to me that Did I? the whole fun of hunting is the people, the camaraderie, the bird dogs, the point. It's a party. It's a hunting party, and parties are fun. Okay, so the, <laughs> so the actual act of killing is fun. Well, I don't think that the actual act of killing is fun as much as I think that the actual act of killing is sort of a natural act that is ingrained in all of us. And I have really 
had a not a hard time, but sort of trying to work out, and I'm still working it out. So it's not something that's already set in stone, but I'm still trying to work out the ideas about killing. I do think that it is the most accurate term, and and when you kill an animal, and we talked about this before, when you kill an animal, part of that is killing the notion that you are an immortal being yourself. I mean, it's, you know, you've taken something that's that's very fragile, and at some point it'll be taken from you, whether, you know, hopefully you live out a long life and that's mm-hmm. it, but you... What I've thought about with hunting and killing, especially as you've had, I don't think anybody comes to hunting without some sort of mentor, whether late in life or early in life. I think you have somebody that kind of takes you out for the first time, mm-hmm. for the most part. Now, you know, by and large, um, you know, I'm I'm sure there are people that that can kind of be a self-made hunter and look at these things if they haven't been brought up to do it and come into it a little later in life and say, I'd like to see what this is all about and study. But it, but even even the study becomes some sort of mentor, right? Um, and so I think when you kill something, I think hunters understand how, how fragile life is. Like, to kill something is nothing to bat an eye at, as if it's just, oh, this is just, you know, oh, I just, I killed this or whatever. But it, it, in conversation, it kind of gets that way at hunting camps and things like that. I just think that um, it's sort of this natural act, and then you, you, you really do um, come to understand sort of where your place is, you know, in life. I mean, it's just, you know, everybody's life is a blip in time and you're trying to survive through that blip and everybody, you know, there's always a a struggle that you're trying to get through and, you know, some sort of chaos you're trying to order. Right. Um, and so I think the, the, the fun part is sort of this byproduct, right. Of what happens. You think about ancient man or people that went out on hunting parties that had to provide for, you know, the tribe or or their families. And what seems to lean toward the good of hunting and in killing um, is that you're happy. You know, the happy... The celebration. Exactly. It's not a deal where it's... You know, and celebrations are fun, so it's not just this deal I'm reveling in this, what I have killed. It's You're reveling in... Sort of, and and in just very short time, we talked about this earlier. I sure. mean, you go, you know, just a couple very, of generations. That's it. Well, not even generations from hunt to hunt, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm talking about still what happens with, with you know, people who had to hunt to survive and eat. Because um, at the end of it, once you've killed the animal after the hunting party and you fed your family, there's on no more meat. You got to go do it again. And you know that it's a struggle. And you know you you're going to have to plan and you're going to have to work and and all of that will cul- culminate in hopefully you know an, another animal that can help uh, sustain you know sustain you and your family and your tribe 
But even in now, if we think about it in, in, in present terms, there is still something that needs to be sustained. And I think that has to, it's almost, it's, it's more of a metaphysical idea about, um, It's hard to kind of wrap my brain around it a little bit, but there is still sustenance, even if it's not just that you're going to eat the animal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, because the argument goes, well, you can just go to the grocery store and pick up a red bike, can't you? Yeah, that's true, but the 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 preparation and, again, something that is a biological within us to work and to prepare and to get ready for, you know, this this struggle we're all in, we'll all be in, you know, mankind's always in, and to have it, the end result be, you know, we've 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 made this hunt, we've killed this animal, and there's a there's a bit of fun in it because um, it seems to be a natural good, you know. Well, don't you think uh, that the you know, when it comes to the society that we live in today, fun, death, killing, those things don't go together. Uh-uh. And so when you have hunters hooping and hollering and celebrating, and for someone who is removed and apart from hunting, who does not hunt, a non-hunter, we're not going to get into the anti-hunters, but what they're see- they don't they don't see that celebration as a celebration of endeavor they don't see it as a celebration of you know an an adventure in the field with friends they don't see it maybe even from a primal perspective the celebration and you know you, i don't think you could use this as an excuse today but the celebration of i just did something that's going to sustain my life and my family's life for a couple of days because we have grocery stores. Right, right, okay? right, right. Um, and so, you know, that celebration unfortunately gets tainted by today's society's picture on perception of that you are hunting something, you are killing something, and you're celebrating the death of that animal. Yeah. Yeah. And when we say we kill... Mm-hmm versus you know i'm harvesting that animal mm-hmm. or i'm taking that animal mm-hmm. you know i'm in the camp yeah you're absolutely right you don't hear a father next to his son <coughs> in a deer blind saying harvest it harvest mm-hmm. it harvest it, harvest it you do hear take it take it take it or shoot it shoot it that shoot it well that's something i've thought about too when you talk about shooting right an ac- an accurate uh, i will in in my comp classes, I, I try to, and this is borrowed or, or sort of amalgamated from other teaching tools and writing tools, but I try to tell kids to be as precise and concise in writing as they can be, um, because what because words have meanings, mm-hmm. and if you're using the most precise words. Um, conciseness will kind of come about meaning that you don't want to get too wordy like we're having a conversation here and what's great about a discourse or or talking back and forth that you get um, is sort of like 
the 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 uh, what they call used to call an education the brainstorming type part here because now I can bounce off you, you bounce off me. I get you know facial expressions. We're 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 figuring things out, and we don't have to be as precise. And we're definitely not being very concise because what we're trying to do is is generate ideas into some sort of words that we can make meaning out of and uh, come to an understanding about. Whether we agree or disagree because, you know, really what's what we're looking for is probably disagreement anyway. I need to bounce these things off. I need to try these things out. Mm-hmm. And if they don't work, then it's disagreeable or maybe I need to rework them. And so when it comes to talking about hunting and you talk about the word shoot i've thought about that too shoot even like here um when someone makes a shot on a quail like that that is difficult you know what do you say oh we'll say what do you say oh we'll say kill that bird but we'll say no no shoot no no, that no, bird. no when they make the shot oh you uh, anything yeah yeah Ooh, you Mm-mm-mm. know oh, you tell me what i say then <laughs> Uh, no, I would say a lot of people say great shot. Oh, no, yeah. Hell of a shot. That's what you say. Hell what of don't a shot. you say? Right. What don't you say? Well, a lot of times you don't say hell of a kill or hell of a harvest, right? Yeah. But shots even, though, when you think about what you're dealing with with shots, and again. So you would say typic- you would say hell of a kill? I have before. Okay. Yeah. Man, that, man. Interesting. You killed it. You got it. Yeah. You that, killed it. You got you it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and that's always, you know, if you watch it, if you watch a shot and it's a dead shot, you know, of course, all these words work together. He's a dead shot, right? He doesn't shoot to wing. He doesn't shoot to cripple. He shoots to kill, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but even in the act of that shooting, too, I think there's this idea that uh, – that's a practice thing as well. Like it may be natural for us to to kill things, and I'm sure there's an argument out there. Somebody will want to argue about, you know, it's natural to kill things. Yeah, it's natural to kill things. You see, you know, um, something ingrained. But what may not be so ingrained that seems to be the practice. This is something that we hadn't talked about, and that have kind of it's kind of been rolling in, in up there in the old nod, is that. Maybe not so ingrained because we don't just come out being able to, you know, chuck a spear or or shoot an arrow or pull the trigger on a rifle and hit bullseye every time. That's something we have to practice. Mm -hmm. And we practice to kill. We don't practice to wound. Yep. And and it's something that is... um, Wherein we're we're actively working, you know, our muscle memory, our our mind, you know, our body, to make a shot, or to make several shots that are going to be as precise, right, as, as they can be, yeah, and to quickly kill an animal, you know, whether it's uh, you know a deer or a quail or, or whatever, and um. I I I think that that is even part of the fun of it, just even in the practice of sure right. right? Um, so I don't know. 
So why do you think then that... Uh, have you got a thought of why this term kill is so... Has such a negative connotation to it? I think it has such a negative connotation because it's so it's it's uh, so related with death, right? Well, isn't killing death? I think killing is the dealing of death, <coughs> and w and I think that we, and I'm just saying, you know, we as sort of people, we don't like to think about death, right? I think that non-hunters, and I don't want, you know, I'm not trying to get into anti-honey stuff either, but I think people, non-hunters, don't have a good view of something that's been alive or, or, or died. Uh, let's, let's even back up from, from farming, uh, from, from hunting, and let's think about farming. We talked about this earlier, too. You know, if I'm raising a bunch of chickens, I'm raising them to be, you know, out in the yard or free range. I'm going to raise them for food. I'm, they're going to die. I'm a cattle farmer. I'm raising them. They're going to die. You know, that's just part of it. Um, but I don't think we have a healthy look at uh, death. There's a poem that we read every, and it's in every lit book, American lit book, you know, this is the, the go-to. And kids, um, you know, my students, it, sometimes it bothers them. And, and, and there's that William Cullen Bryant poem, Thanatopsis. Do you remember that poem? I have not heard okay. it at all. Oh, Thanatopsis. He's, he's, he takes these two Greek words, Thanos, uh, death, and opsis, sight. So seeing death, and he's really talking about when he, the, the speaker is going out in the woods and saying, when you feel that, you know, life is really got you down and you don't you know you're feeling kind of down in the doldrums go out i think he says go out into nature and list to her teachings you know listen to what she teaches you and then the speaker changes to nature and and she says something to the effect of in a few days you will be dead but she doesn't say dead it's all these things you will be mixed with the soils it's a romantic poem right because mm -hmm. you know a lot of, and that's another thing we talk to students about, you know, talking about what romantics, you know, the romantics really looked at death as something as, you know, natural. They were into nature and you end up being the, uh, uh, mixed with the elements and you're, you know, you'll be the clod that the rude swain turns over with his share plow, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and so it's sort of this idea and, and sometimes Students will get a little uneasy about that, but then it's sort of, uh, you know, you ask the question at the end, are you comforted? Does this comfort you? Because at the end of the poem, he says, go out and live, you know, so that you know that when you finally cash in the old chips, that you're going to be just like everybody has been before you and everybody will be after you. You know, you'll go and mix with the, with the elements, and some of them will say, Oh, that get wrong. That disturbs me. I can't. Or some of them say, "No, I, you know, I kind of get that." And, mm -hmm. and I tell them that, you know, that's sort of uh, the view that I take. Like with with hunting, if you have a, a healthy view of that, you know, not morbid, healthy view of what death is, and then you know, as a hunter, when you kill something, again, it's just sort of this reminder that it's your life is kind of fleeting, and you're grateful for the time that you have. Whether you know that that you've you've practiced uh, sort of this 
you've practiced in an art that has that comes about naturally from within you to to kill right mm -hmm. you want to be proficient in that and the most and, and again you go back and look back all the way back you know uh you know, the most proficient killer in the tribe was someone that had prestige because yep. they were providing for something. And now, again, that argument of, well, you can just go to the grocery store. I said, well, I can't, I can't go to the grocery store and get that kind of emotional and spiritual sustenance by grabbing, you know, a, a, a ribeye or, or a right. sack of uh, chicken quarters for nine right. ninety nine that I can from when... I go out or you take your sons or you take other people out hunting and they're, you're part of that party. You right. you were all involved in this sort of thing. And, and, you know, sort of those bonds that you have. And, and, and I'll say this from my part here and, and, you know, running quail preserve, you end up having these bonds with these people that come out and hunt that you don't know. You've never met these people. And, and some of the, sometimes, it's their first time here. They're coming out to hunt, and you're having to discuss things with them. You're talking about things. Uh, it's a, I mean, you, you almost feel like a therapist in some of these things. Right. You know, they want to talk to you and tell you what's going on with them at work. And now here's a little bit of time where they can kind of, you know, call this place a time machine. Mm -hmm. well, this is a time machine here. You can kind of step back into time and be, uh, sort of back in the what the good Lord kind of made you to be. And I know that might be a little risque to, to talk about now. And in well, that's interesting times. that you say that because that's the, that's what we talked about earlier is that this idea of death and this idea of killing is essentially something that has been segmented. Segmented may not be the right term. Maybe the whiskey talking. It's something that's been, I would say dissected out of society in that it's something that is, is all ever present, but never seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because it's never seen, the disconnection has occurred. And so when you say someone comes out here to your quail reserve, and by the way, you know, typical me, because I'm not a podcast host, I'm just a conversationalist, no, never I'm introduced not. who you were in the 20 minutes that we've been going. Oh, nobody so cares. Your name's Josh Kwong, and yes. you run a quail preserve here in Oxford, Mississippi. Yes. And you're a teacher, and you're yeah. English buff. and Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher first, and then the quail stuff is just sort of, you know, has come about. So the idea of someone coming out here for the first time could be, as you say, they they come back into this this almost situation that they've never really been in and you say it's almost like a therapy session oh oh yeah 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 and that's something too you're, you're talking about where you don't see that all the time so you're kind of disconnected with with killing and death um you know i think of, and i think what's further disconnected that is when we talk about terms when we said killing and shooting and versus harvesting that further disconnects right because um I've never thought of it that way. Well, it further well think because that's the deal, right? Thoughts manifest themselves in our discourses, words, and words have meaning. No matter what anybody says, they have meaning. And you dissect if you get to the point where you're dissecting these words uh, and trying to make them mean something other than what they mean, 
to me, it's a stalling for time. I'm stalling. I'm, I'm trying to make something mean what I want it to mean, even though words mean specific things. And so I, now I think I'll substitute the word harvest for kill. And I think that'll make me feel better about what it is that I'm doing out here. Do you think it's that? Do you think so? I would say that that's not why I use the term harvest. Okay. I don't substitute it because it makes me feel better. I've substituted because it 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 makes what I do more palatable to the person that is disconnected from what I do. Okay. Well, that, and that's what we ta- we did talk about that earlier because we talk about you know when when we're talking to when I'm talking to composition students you know and uh writing for the audience you have to know your audience if you're going to get anybody to listen to you you have to kind of really come to their um common ground you get if if you're savvy mm-hmm. right and maybe not even savvy is a word maybe if you're em- empathetic yep. you know, with with what somebody's doing and if you ever if you're if you're in the business not the business if you're trying to have an open honest discourse or discussion up and and about a subject that's especially near and dear to you it is really tough to separate that that uh pathological that that emotional um connection to that thing and say okay i can table my feelings about this topic and use words and terms that i know like you say will be more palatable or or Un, you know, uh, um, engaging to someone that is not on my level, not where I'm looking at things and they need to, um, I need to try to engage with them in this sort of game that we're having because it's mm-hmm. a game, you know, and mm-hmm. we're trying to see what the parameters are and the borders. So, yeah, I, I, I'll go with you on that. I have seen, though, by and large, that people want to use Harvest because it's, made me make they're uneasy even in the hunting world i really some people will use harvest because it makes them uneasy uh to say kill right uh maybe they just haven't thought about it and i think that's sort of and you know it's kind of gotten to be a bit fashionable i mean you know language changes a whole lot you know you've got different sort of slang terms for all kind of things and that changes over and over so you know, that doesn't, that's not, I don't think that's just, you know, only exclusive to, because I've watched language change teaching different generations of kids and, you mm-hmm. know, slang words. They use, they, they use words now that I thought meant one thing and now they've used it <laughs> as a slang word. And so now it's just sort of being, it's sort of a fashionable to say, you know, you know, things like that. So, but. I'm more about accuracy, and again, you go back to accuracy again. In shooting, you're, you've got to be accurate. So in conversation, you'd like to be accurate. And I don't think, and I think that, and I won't say honesty, that it seems like you're being more honest when you're using accurate terms. Um, but it does feel like it's not, um, I'm not trying to hide the ball on it. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just me personally. You know, mm-hmm. if I say we're going to go out and kill these birds or we're going to go kill a deer, well, you know, that's what we're doing. You know, I'm not going to say I'm going to go out here and harvest this deer. And and that's something that I think, you know, as, as as raising kids and my son, I mean, that would confuse the hell out of him. What did he harvest? 
right? What do you mean harvest? You well, know? I think the worst term, I'll tell you the worst term, because my son uses all the time, is this, this, and there's this, I guess it's a funny Instagram account, catching deer, right? Right. <laughs> right. He said, we're going to go catch a deer. And I was like, no, we don't. That's not what we do. No. Right. We're going to go hunt a deer. Now, I'll say this. We will it, kill one. It'll be something if you could catch that deer, son. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope I can video that. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah. You don't want that. It seems to be confusing, you know. Well, I like the description of accuracy. Mm-hmm. And not conf- and the more accurate you are, the less confusion there is. That's it. And I think, you know, even for the non-hunter, then you're trying to, again, make it more palatable or something. You would hope that if you could use those accurate terms. See, th- I, th- I think that is the key, though. In that frame of context, mm-hmm. for the non-hunting audience, they know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. It's not confusing mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's accurate to them. It's just softer. Okay, that's all it is. It's not confusing. It's just softer, versus what you're saying in in the hunting community. Right. And you know, and it's this exploration of thought, right? It's this exploration of of why we why we do what we do at Blood Origins is this idea of have you ever thought about the word kill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you ever got into a dialogue with another hunter about why they why they say x or why they say y why another hunter says harvest versus kill can you have an intellectual discussion mm-hmm. about those topics and i think that's something that's missing i really you know to really talk about, because it, you know, you're around old timers. I, I, I start to think now, old timers, and you break out the word harvest, they kind of raise that eyebrow and look at you, right? And you know, well, I kill them, right? And you say, well, what do you mean by kill? And then they raise their eyebrows. If you didn't understand what I'm trying to tell you is an accurate term that I'm using, but I do think that that is an important thing to do. Is you know, what we're doing now and what we the 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 ancients would tell these grand stories about the hunt around the fire, right? I think those stories kind of ch- those stories, as 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 Tennyson said, of poetry must be old as the rock but new as the foam. They're all the same story, but they're just in, in a new setting or context. I think that was Tennyson. Let me amend that. I'm pretty sure. I think it was, but um, but. Even now, I think because this is a more complex kind of kind of deal. Again, when you've got the grocery store, you know that's a little bit of a of a wrinkle there. Um, and, the, and that's to me, in that argument, is kind of not kind of a laughable argument because then you, if you want to logically trace back where your ribeye comes from, right? There was a killing that went on. You get, go to the grocery store, right? If you're upset with hunting and killing, okay, you, you can go in the grocery store and look down all that cold aisle and not see death. Okay, there's something going on. You, you, you're, you're, you've disconnected. Got, you're, you're so disconnected or, or then, 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 then you probably know, right? 
So, uh, you know, these stories that we're telling now around the campfire, these are sort of things like we're doing now and just trying to hash out, parse out um, these terms and why we use them and why somebody would be uh, off-put by <laughs> that. And you're right. I mean, you kind of got this. You want to say these things to be a little softer, and some, and that's sort of the thing. I mean, that's just like with your kid and your discipline. There's sometimes there's time for hard discipline. Sometimes there's soft discipline. And so, which one's going to reach what audience you're trying to dis to persuade, or mm -hmm. not even persuade, just kind of engage with and discuss about what you're, you know, what what hunting is and what killing is, and having sort of this healthy view. This, you know, thanatopsis, this idea of death seeing and how you're going to look at it. And all of that's natural, I think. You know? Yeah. No, I think that uh, it's almost going to be an eternal argument that, not an argument, a debate. And that I think both terms have merit. There's going to be a situation in which one term is expressing what we do to somebody who is disconnected, mm. who doesn't quite understand the... Well, they don't understand and the terminology, the accuracy of the term kill mm -hmm. comes across as... It comes across as something that is... I, I don't want to say not right... But it comes across as something that is evil, something I don't do, something I don't partake in, something that I don't want to be a part of kind of deal. But then internally inside of the hunting community, expressing to my kids, mm -hmm. hey, yes, and I think this is where maybe we have faltered in the last mm -hmm. five years, ten years in our community. When you express to your, my youngin, we are going to hunt and we're going to kill a deer. Mm -hmm. That when we talk about killing that animal, there is a reverence oh, yeah. associated with killing that animal. There's an ethos associated with killing that animal. Mm -hmm. Like I said to my boys, like, well, you know, why is this so important? It's well, it's because it's a living thing that we're taking the life of. Right. All of that mm -hmm. does not get communicated when you say we're killing something. That's right. Yeah, you're right. And you're looking on one side or the other. Yeah. Again, hunters understand that. Mm -hmm. well, or, I, or, or, or technically, or I would say a lot of hunters do not understand Okay, that. well, that's the thing. That's what you hope, right? You, and maybe some of that is, maybe I will say this, maybe some of that is sort of ingrained as well, that they... They do understand, and and maybe they it's not articulated, you know, or 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 even shown. But maybe there is something that I guess I'd like to believe there is. I'd like to think, you know, think there is that sort of um, all of that is, is understood when they go to kill an animal. But it is, yeah, this the that that word reverence, and I will say that word evil. That's something I have thought about too, right? You think. You, you, non-hunters will look at things, and the word "kill" in the in this, the context of the hunt is an evil or a bad 
Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the, the other side, it is a good, right? And it's just how to get that across to folks that, that don't, you know, hunt. Again, it's just like where we are now, trying to, to, to chop up and, and, and construct sort of the best uh, ideas and words that will help get, you know, get that across. And, I mean, no, nah, I think that's it too. I mean, you know, part of it, you're talking about like this eternal struggle. Of course it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, you know, it's a game we're trying to, trying to play and it's not necessarily if we're winning it or not. It is just sort of this, this thing that we're cobbling together to, to make something. And, and uh, that's part of the struggle, right? Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I think just getting people to think more about their actions, about their speech, about the words, the accuracy of their terms. That's it, but they right, the accuracy. I mean, all of that works out. It's, it's not like, I don't think that's a coincidence that we use these these words to hit a point, right? You know, you're accurate in the shot on the deer. You've got to be accurate in articulating what it is that you're saying, Right. And the most accurate, the most accurate shot in term, right, lends itself to the good. And that is what is fun about hunting, to be as most, a to be most accurate as you can, I guess, if mm -hmm. that's what the fun is. And so that, um, you know. Endless pursuit of accuracy. Oh, no doubt, right. And this is, right, this is it. Endless pursuit of accuracy, wherein... Um, you know, the imperfect try to be perfect, and you're never going to be perfect, you know. So, why do you keep doing it? It's just that's the fun, yep. <laughs> well, I think that's a good note to end it on. That's the fun. There you go. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.